0: Welcome to Us with Dr. Crystal Lee Crane, a show for people with open hearts and who care about justice. Real change takes root in our values and actions. I encourage my guests and listeners to lean into what it means to be stewards of justice, hope, and liberation. Rooted on the promise of self-determination, your host, Dr. Crystal Lee Crane, engages in questions about human rights, spiritual and political problems, and the ever-present need to protect our planet. Choose liberation with Dr. Crystal Lee Crane and unite together so we can learn from one another and respect each other as experts of our own realities. Here in this show, we will have critical conversations about social justice issues, as well as the challenges and opportunities that build our collective capacity to thrive and coexist. In each episode, we will learn from our guests about their work, how they create, love and live. With me, Dr. Crystal Lee Crane, take a part in uniting and positively changing communities, the country, and the world. Hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Crystal Lee Crane, and you're listening to us on Transformation Talk Radio. Stay with us for the next hour as we hear from Andrea Raquel, a history maker, showstopper, and starter, and all-around beautiful human. I've been so blessed to have met her, and I'm glad to share her light with my listeners. Today, we're going to be tapping into a few things. We're gonna be talking about what it means to be a person in the world right now for us, the ethos that guides us and how we intentionally and unintentionally lead in our communities. Sometimes when we say community, we think about physical spaces. And I think right now that notion has been challenged, but most acutely in the past few years when the physical space is shared differently and our perception of space because of COVID is different how we experience proximity to others and ourselves. We're gonna look at how we choose to be in spaces at the forefront of this conversation and what that does for our minds and hearts. So to guide us in this thought experiment, I'd like to introduce you to my sister, my new sister, Andrea Raquel. Hi, Lovey. I'm so
1: happy to be here.
0: I know, I'm so glad you're here. I'm gonna do a little brief intro so Andrea is the first female to serve as the voice of the 3rd U.S. Infantry, the Old Guard, which is a pres- presidential honor guard stationed in Fort Myer, Virginia, and guardian of the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, as well as the tour guides to the Pentagon and White House. She is the founder of Better Me, Inc. and the Extreme Network Live, a nonprofit organization that focuses on helping social entrepreneurs improve their communities, business, and lifestyles one solution at a time. You will learn that she is a thought leader, influencer, and social change advocate. With a background in psychology, management, and leadership development, she focuses on cultural reform in organizations and supporting shifts in our collective mindsets. So hello, love. So glad you're here.
1: Thank you so much. Oh, my goodness. If I could have had you write that stuff 20 years ago, woo! (laughs) Thank you.
0: You're welcome. Right. I mean, you came through the network and I was just so glad to meet someone that I felt just so much connection to and, and, and resonance that I am glad that you're going to be my first guest on the new season. And um, I'm just so excited. Um, one, because I feel like your heart um, is something that is rare. And the way that you self-actualize is something that um, I'm just proud to be as- affiliated with. And so, well, I've given my introduction to you. Um, would you mind, like, sharing who you are with the listeners? And Can they-
1: I just not talk and just let you keep telling, <laughs> keep telling? Y'all, listen,
0: this is, ooh, I don't, you
1: got me blushing, girl. <laughs> That's my job. <laughs> Seriously, because I honor y'all Dr. Crane, like, so much that to hear her describe me, it's like, what? Oh, is that, is she talking about me? Um. And we don't get that a lot. We don't get that a lot. And it's refreshing. And so, yes, all that she said, I did that. And I was in banking. Well, most of my background growing up was in just regular, that's my puppy, retail sales, like at the mall. And then all of a sudden somebody came and pulled me, actually, after I went in the army and came out and went back to retail because of a whole tale of why I couldn't go into broadcast journalism at the time. Um, But I ended up in banking and that was like a whole nother life for me because I learned all this stuff about, um, and I went back to college. So I learned all this stuff about corporate management and, you know, marketing and, change and research and development and all these big words, you know, that I had never heard before because I was a liberal arts major, you know. (laughs) Um, And I just wanted to share that after I after I after the whole banking crash and I actually got out just in the nick of time. Um, I wanted to share that with people. I wanted to, you know, tell what I knew, you know, I, I can't keep secrets and so I really wanted to share with my community the things that I had learned in banking and finance and really what I felt like was give people a fair chance, you know, because the barriers to entry are insane. And and there's so many people who just have all these dreams and they have no idea. No, you don't have to get five hundred or five thousand dollars first, you know, before you do that. So that was really that was my passion for doing it. Now, it's been a whole journey. That was 15 years ago it's been a whole journey so
0: I love that when you talk about journey and I'm so glad that you know you talk about retail because I started when I was when my first job was doing a paper route but one of my favorite jobs in the very beginning was clean hotel rooms so mm-hmm. folks right super eight give a chance on a girl in the sense that even when I was in high school doing it and then I did it in undergrad and I would sell people ask me what was your favorite job and I'm like well when I had my my wire headphones in and my little Troy and George Michael tapes cleaning hotel rooms, <laughs> I was real happy.
1: <laughs> Let me tell you, Sis hey, hey my my big sister had her own business um and she was doing contracts to turn over like apartments and condos. And I worked for her company, and that was the best job. Like, I mean, first of all, you know, she brags a how I could detail a bathroom, <laughs> but <laughs> you know, being in your zone, like, right. It's what we do anyway. So it's no big deal. And so, yes, I agree a hundred percent. That That's a, mm, that's a good one. But that character, that, that building of character that we got through opportunities like that and being willing to submit ourselves in opportunities like that is invaluable, like bigger than the job itself, like it, it goes, it's sometimes bigger than big titles you had and big salaries you have is the character that's built through opportunities like that.
0: Yeah, I think I grew comfortable with silence at a very young age. And I think that has, you know, for 20 plus years carried me um, in the work and just in my personal life. Like I'm not afraid of the quiet. I prefer mm-hmm. the even though I, you know, I say sometimes I talk living which isn't fully true but i i use words often (laughs) and so you know i i wonder is with my students with my clients and anyone who i like work with or come across like you can always tell someone's comfort level with silence
1: i agree it's funny it's it's ironic that you should say that because literally just yesterday It might have even been this morning. It all blurs. These amazing conversations blur together. Um, I have a friend who's also on the Aspie spectrum. And, oh, no, actually, she's ADHD, where they say autism and ADHD. But um, she was talking about how people never believe that she's an introvert. And some of this is what what we become because of training and nurture or because of our upbringing or education or jobs and what we naturally are is we're getting back to now you know as adults as mindful adults getting back to who we truly are many of us find ourselves to be introverts and y'all when we say introvert extrovert we don't mean like to the extreme you know like I'm never going to talk to anybody because we can't do that right but where your comfortable space is for many of us is in that silence but we trained ourselves right to be all social and around everybody and go 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 because if we didn't people were like oh you're antisocial somebody's something's wrong with you why you need to get along you need to make more friends etc etc and some of us tricked ourselves into thinking that's who we are and so then when those things don't work out instead of going oh yeah that's right I'd rather be by myself we flip out and we're chasing relationships and things and that's not even who you really are So it's an interesting full circle sort of thing. And I also want to speak to that. um, Being a teacher, being a therapist, being a talk show host, that's not the same thing as being social. It allows you to operate in your gift and exercise that gift with a purpose. Just being social is a whole nother thing. Whole nother thing. And sometimes for people like us, Like all that jokey joke and just talking about the weather and some people are not comfortable in that space. And and like, like I'm literally just now finding out in life that that's okay.
0: (laughs) And I think one thing you were speaking to about, like the like the nurture or training of why we may end up in those spaces. So I'm a big sister. I'm the second oldest grandchild. I'm the, you know, the person that everyone, whether or not I said that I would help goes to for help. And generally like I will, right? Like that's not, it's not a secret about Crystal Lee. Um, and so I think first order, I think the perception of black female strength, not that it's untrue, um, the role of black women in our families makes the my relationship to time interesting. And it makes me grateful for being comfortable in silence and being alone because without that, Right? I would be, right? So without cleaning hotel rooms, I'd be chasing. <laughs> right. In an interesting, nonlinear way to look at space and leadership and what that means. Um, I would say that people thought that I was a leader before I felt like I was one. You know, I'm breaking up fights first grade in the playground. Like, will you stop fighting? Because it's hurting my feelings. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> right
0: you know it's like different i didn't know what i was doing but i knew that it wasn't right for people to be in unnecessary conflict um right. like when you think about how you spend your time how do you show how does your leadership show up for you
1: ooh you know that's an interesting question because i'm in this space of um you know people have different terms for it as a you know, as a person who's always been conscious of all of this self-care and mental health and wellness and all these kinds of conversations, I was almost offended to find out that I had uh, what people describe as unresolved or unchecked, like uh, like that excessive masculine energy that we have from, in this life, everything you described earlier. But I deal with that, That's that's what I teach on. I could like write a dissertation on it. But what about the stuff that you don't know about and the stuff that you don't remember or don't even know happened? I was like, okay, okay. Now I have an excuse to go deeper because I was never willing to go deep just out of curiosity and nosiness. But now I have to because now I got to go find out <laughs> what I was doing before, you know, what I know about. Um, but it's so interesting because I have been in this space for three, five years now of consciously stepping down if you will right consciously not always having to be the person with the solution consciously not playing the hero all the time and jumping in to save everybody and letting people learn their own lessons and really one of my friends recently said it this way seeing everyone as whole and complete and in abundance as opposed to seeing people as broken like you got to right save them and help them Um, because we really heap a lot of weight on ourselves and you know for good reason we're trained that way and etc but so for me now showing up as a leader means exemplifying what it looks like to step down if that makes any sense what it looks like to just do nothing and be at peace and water the garden and you know take random selfies that are for no reason just because you felt like it and that sort of thing that I've never really flowed in before so
0: I dig, I, <laughs> and in a lot of different times in my life. I mean, granted, I'm only 39, but I pushed myself to to you know go and do the t- the speeches and go and do the keynotes. And I don't teach face to face anymore, but um, I've been online for six years now. But like you know, doing all of these these things, and I realized that while one of my superpowers, which we're gonna get to, is holding space, I wasn't holding space for myself in it <sighs> and it hurt me like <sighs> and i was like it got to this space where uh, luckily you know i'm never gonna my commitment to the work is unwavering but the mm-hmm. the way in which i had to do it had to change because mm-hmm. i couldn't sleep <laughs> i mm-hmm. could you know i'm like i couldn't communicate how i felt because my superpower you know kind of took over rather than it being something that's mine too. Um, And so right now, what I am hearing for me is like, I spend a lot of my time modeling um, and supporting large and small groups and individuals and like figuring out what their next best thing or idea or solution needs to be. And so on your website, I like it that you you know, you're like the goal is not to make a bunch of clones. (laughs) Like, like there's there's only one Crystal Lee. There's only hey. one, it's just facts. Just one. But like, I found, I found peace and chaos, yes. and, and I think that that's something that I can share, not teach, share. Don't make me cry. Hmm. <laughs> Mm -mm -mm.
1: you said so much I don't even know if I can respond because you it went all here you know what I mean it didn't
0: mm. so let me quote to you I want to I want to bring this in because it's about your history too and I want to I want to see what you think about this as that other stuff kind
1: of close
0: so this is from um, a a statement a few months back so after the Supreme Court made its decision regarding uh, overturning Roe v. Wade, the Black Women's Health Imperative wrote a statement. And in the statement, it says this, as Black women and gender expansive people, we are under attack at every turn. Whether it's the Supreme Courts or Congress coming to our aid, our voting rights being eviscerated, our right to raise our families without fear, of non-existence, now our hand fought right to bodily autonomy has been stripped from us. You shoulder all of this burden of citizenship without the most basic benefit. And so with that, understanding your military experience, I'm real curious on how you see citizenship and your experience, how this makes sense for you or might not make sense for you. (laughs) Thank you for adding that. When you said
1: peace in the chaos, like my whole brain shut down. Everything I was going to say before that went out the window because that's really all that matters. That right there is all that matters. Like make it make sense. Yeah. Not some things just aren't gonna. And there's a, there's a saying that, that, People used to say more, but I like to throw it out there every now and then. The old folks used to say, you know, or your grandma used to say, baby, don't try to make sense out of foolishness. Because once you start to understand, like, just because we say put yourself in someone else's shoes or empathize, it doesn't mean that you're identifying with the messed up logic, right? And so once you begin to identify with it, then you might be in trouble. So it's really just best to be like, you know what, I... I don't like, I can't, there is so, okay. So when I went on, on wisdom this morning, which I'm doing my Andre in the morning, morning show on wisdom, my topic was, can we truly heal while suppressing truth? I think that's what it is. Or in the face of truth being suppressed. And that was on my heart, very heavy. And I even struggled as to how I was going to word it and how to fit it all in there. But that's what's on me right now. And it's been on me for a while. You know, my label that I wear, that I ascribe this to, Asperger's, I'm familiar for the sake of the matrix, y'all. I'm familiar that a lot of people who are Aspies, whether they're Black women, white men, it don't matter. We all identify with this particular thing. We have a hard time going along with a lie. It could be a hundred people standing in front of you, and if you know that you know that you know that what they're doing is not true or right, even if it's something they all taught you, but now they're going against it, you will lose it and have a total meltdown if you can't shift it or change it or get out of the situation. You are not. I quit like a job with like making a lot of money a lot of money, like the most money I had ever made in my life, I quit because they were trying to get me to be a part of this write up against a guy. And when I first started there, like he was pushing, getting fired by me. Okay. But I don't, I don't take people's lives for granted. So I had to sit down with him, and I was like, "Looky here, we call it a come to Jesus meeting. It says it on my LinkedIn bio. That's like what they like about me is that I get to the point, Right. And so he told me that they were mean to him before I got there. And because of the area we were in, most of the y'all, this is not about this group of people. It just happened to be the area we were in. They all spoke Spanish. So in this particular situation, it was the Spanish people being mean to the black person, but y'all same, same humans, whatever. Okay. So they were speaking Spanish, so he couldn't understand what they were saying. And so they would make all these management decisions and leadership decisions and leave him out of the equation. And then here come Monday come and everybody doing stuff. And he looking like a bump on a log because nobody told him anything. So he became retired on the job and start stopped caring. You know, a lot of us have that ability. That's how we survive. We compartmentalize the horrible thing just so that we can continue to function. And so I was like, well, it's a new day. And I'm here now. So tomorrow, I need you to come in here like you got some sense. I know you got good sense because I can tell by the suits that you wear. Nobody can afford to wear suits like that unless they invested something somewhere. And, you know, you got some good sense. Girl, when I tell you he showed up the next day with a fresh haircut and fresh shave, clean, looking like new money, reading the newspaper to the team and telling them what was going on in the financial section, reading quotes out of leadership books. I was like, oh, now I see why they tried to silence you in the first place. Have at it, brother. They tried to get me to team up with them to fire this guy claiming that he had misplaced some huge amount of money. I wasn't even there. I was in training. I was still in training as a manager, mind you, that when this happened, I'm in leader training, leadership meetings all day. I was nowhere to be found and I don't count ATM machines. So Whatever he did and you're claiming he did, it happened three to six months ago. I'm not being a part of that. I will have no parts of it. And y'all are wrong anyway, because why you didn't document it when it first happened? This is mind blowing to me. And I was literally in meltdown mode. Your brain freezes and you're like, "Okay, what do I do? What do I do? So I started calling the advice and counsel line. I wrote a letter to the head of the company. I did everything to try to get myself out of this wrong situation that I wasn't going to be a part of. And they all ignored me. Finally, I just didn't go to work anymore and um, left them my keys and went to the corporate office to speak to the um, to the regional manager to hear what they had to say about this letter I wrote and all of that. And they were like, with the HR person sitting right there, we decided to accept your resignation. You see. I'm not doing that. I'm Like, job, no job, money, no money. I don't care. I could be on my way to homelessness. I am not going to sell out another human's well being just so
0: I can eat. I mean, that's unfortunately unique. Um, and this is, people ask me sometimes, because I've been teaching for 16 years, and they're like, that's a long time. I'm like, I know. <laughs> like, you know but I'm like, I, And it's not just about me teaching, but it's like they need to see and hear other voices about how it is, how you can make it without doing it on other people's backs.
1: And y'all, it's like like self-care and self-preservation doesn't equal stomping on somebody else. That's like there's like a huge canyon between those two things. And most people do the extreme of one or the other. Either you're a total people pleaser, you're laying down and being a doormat for people and letting people run rush out over you in in the name of being a good person. Or you're like, oh, reading the book Power and this is how you get ahead, manipulation, and I'm gonna get everybody before they get me. But there's like so much in between there. (laughs) You know, there's plenty of times where just because I was doing me and I don't do what you want me to do that I'm looking like the villain. I don't have to actually be the villain. There's plenty of times where me just doing me is going to look like the villain, you know? So we don't have to go all, I just, it, it boggles my mind. So I don't even try to make sense out of it. And that goes from the neighbor to the cousin, to the auntie and uncle, to the police officer to the judge, to the teacher, to the corporate boss, to the politician, to the doctor and the nurse, to the Food and Drug Administration, to the people overseas with all these wars and acting like, ooh, America is so much worse and ooh, y'all are caught, it's same, 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 to the fact that people are opening up conversations about the natives and indigenous lands and I'm watching people have conversations and it's almost like the only space for the conversation is for recognized Natives and African-Americans. And if you don't fit in one of them categories and you look like me, then you just get glossed over. That boggles my brain. Mm. You know, it boggles my brain. It makes me think somebody's lying. You know, I, I all of it boggles my brain. So rather than being out here. Just being chicken little and screaming the sky is falling, you know what I mean? Or lambasting the military and the VA all the time or the Food and Drug Administration and politicians. I, I just can't do it because how can I vibrate higher and, and invest in myself if I'm spending all the time with all the drama in the world that most of it is intentional? So what am I going to do about it? Nothing. What I can do is vibrate higher be the example and show other people who want to hear it how they can live uh, you know happy and successful life in spite of the ridiculous world that we live in that's the best I can do
0: I you know it's it's a it's a response rather than a reaction right so it's like and and the choice is to respond but not to respond externally but internally because the reaction has no control right, right. like There's no um, discretion there, but I always say discretion is the scariest word in the English language because it doesn't discretion doesn't mean it's there's no value judgment there. Yeah. Um, And I like discretion, Miss Crane. I had a student say, Miss Crane, what do you mean? Like I'm like, it's like just think about it. It's discretion. Why and how we make the choices and the consequences of those choices, like all of that is everything. <laughs> and you use your discretion to protect yourself and to serve, right? And and I love that.
1: Yes, I love that. I, I, that word has not come into play. We've talked about grace. We've talked about integrity, accountability. We talked about walking in love. We talked about how people overboard misuse and Negatively ascribed connotations to the words judgment and manipulation, because really everybody manipulates. Every conversation is a manipulation and everybody judges. Right. Um, but d- discretion, that one is a good one, because, you know, nowadays, a lot of the communication that we have and the words that go around a lot of younger people don't have a full understanding of the words. They have the now, modern day way that it's being used. And a lot of the words, they don't even realize there's multiple meanings for it. And they didn't always, you know, and discretion is one because a lot of times now when they throw around discretion, they're using it as a control rule sort of word. You know, you be discreet, exercise discretion, but they don't use it in terms of your internal discretion. And allowing people to even think that they have the power and the ability to utilize internal discretion. So, yes, I love you. You are so brilliant. I just, mm. Mm
0: -hmm. you know, it's this this thing that I am very passionate about is is personal and political agency. And the ways in which I learned the world from my hometown of Flint, Michigan, that was my, you know, microcosm of of reality for, for, you know, the first 15 years of my life. That matters quite mm-hmm. a bit. Um, mm-hmm. I, once I finished my master's degree, I remember thinking, like, well, that was helpful, and not there was a few new things I learned, ideas, but what it did was provide the hierarchical language the white supremacist language for my reality. That's what grad school did for me or to me. And what I call it like is like around, I say grad school is adult finishing school, right? Like it's like, and I couldn't write poetry after my PhD for a couple years. And I was in this deep depression because I was like, why won't it come out? It's because I spent so much time like in this space of validating my intelligence and existence into a box that I didn't fit nor want to fit in. I got a PhD to, as a tool, not a, I didn't know fully what I was going to do. I still don't fully know. And I've had it for 10 years. So, like, you know, but it's like what it did for me as a person. And what my response to that was to not let anything shut me down again, person, place, or process. Cause the work is hard, still my choice. The world is nasty, not my choice. I get to choose and I'm control of over how I am in this world and how I treat myself regardless of what happens when I walk out the damn door. I have a pretty good idea what's going to happen when I walk out the damn door. And but also I'm real clear on her. This one right here. And, you know, no one's going to throw me off my surfboard.
1: (laughs) And it makes all the difference in the world. Like, really. Like,
0: I feel like
1: sometimes the spiritual community does a disservice to the masses. And I'm not saying that I'm not throwing anybody under the bus or saying anything bad because I've recognized, just like everything else, If you see something missing, then you need to step up to the plate. And so I had to own my leadership in that area, right? Just because you didn't grow up doing yoga or you didn't get to go to, you know, whatever you know, retreats and all this stuff that other people seem to have been exposed to way much earlier in life, you know, while some of us were still being beat upside the head with the Bible, you know, Um, it makes you feel as though you don't have anything to bring to the table if you get caught up in that mindset. But if you're standing there going, something ain't right. They still missing a huge piece here. Like now I've moved away from that. I tried this over here. Now I'm over here where y'all are feeling like I was missing something, but y'all are really missing something. Right. And so when you see that you have to have the right, you have to have the self-knowing and the confidence and the knowing who you are and the knowing that you know that you know, and then the courage to write be willing to have those conversations and be open to the idea that you might have something new to bring to the table. It doesn't matter what they look like or what color they are, what gender they are, or how much more money they have to you. It don't matter. If you were the one sent and you're David, right? And you're David, you were sent over there the youngest and the smallest. But who are we to not say that thing, you know, if if that's what we have, you know, to bring to the equation. And so um, that's been very interesting for me. And it's a re-reminding, right, of every lesson, every time we went through every job, every, every. It's a re-reminding me that this stuff is not about, like the tangible degrees and stuff, if anything, they just slowed us down. I'm not saying that education isn't good. I'm not saying we don't need the rhetoric and the logos, and. but we could have read it in a book on our own. We really could have if we had known that that was an option. What I'm saying is we can't forget that that process is what you just said a little while ago. It's a boarding school process. It's a conditioning process. It's a thing, and the military included, you know, all of that stuff. That goes for every industry. It don't matter what you work in, what industry you work in, your training is a conditioning. You know, all of this is a conditioning. I was listening to some people earlier talking about fluoride, and they were talking about how the fluoride impacts your pineal gland. And so they were talking about not using fluoride toothpaste, which I've been doing for like 20 years now, like 20 years. I used to use Tom's and whatever from probably longer than 20 years. Time escapes me. But for at least 20 years, I've been having mine delivered to my house. Um, I, I don't I don't use that at all And the very first time I ever heard it. And that goes for deodorant with aluminum too, all that kind of stuff. It's like over 20 years. I haven't used any of that stuff but I'm listening to these people who are about to throw this big conference and they're talking about this thing and they were talking about it like it was rocket science. <laughs> and I'm like, Okay. And then they said fluoride in the water and said they were going to stop drinking water. And some of them don't drink water. And I was like,
0: you can't be telling people not to drink water.
1: Girl, that junk made my brain hurt so bad. I had to just swipe to a different thing. I like, like ow like my eye like ow like ow how do you even like after my brain glitches then i just have to move on i like i would feel to this small to spend any amount of energy trying to convince those people off of what they're saying Mm -hmm. because they can read everything i've read they could do the same research i've done they don't they don't have to be doing that and saying that to daddy, but that's what they choose to do. And that's okay. Like that's the space they're in. That's their business and moving on next. And this is how I have to do about things. Cause otherwise I would have been beating people at, Oh, you should give up sugar. Cause I gave up sugar and Oh, you should be enlightened. Cause I'm enlightened now. And Oh, you should. And you find yourself ended up shooting, shooting, shooting everybody else all the time. And then you're shooting, shooting, shooting yourself. And then you feel like, You're still not good enough because all the people that you're shooting aren't taking your advice. And it's just a whole ridiculous cycle instead of just worrying about this right here what I can control, what I'm responsible for. And when you do that, it doesn't mean that you're not going to be involved. It doesn't mean that you're going to all of a sudden, it doesn't mean Dr. Crystal Lee is going to stop being an activist tomorrow. It doesn't mean that. It just means that the reason she's able to be such a powerful activist is because in her focusing on this right here and being guided and led by her higher self, she knows when she should get involved and when she shouldn't, she knows when it's
0: her business and when it's not literally it's that simple. I mean, it is for me now, <laughs> and I will say, I had to shed people, places, um, to get to to get to a space where I didn't have to ask permission anymore to to love myself. Mm-hmm. Not asking permission for healthy boundaries. Not asking permission for reciprocity. Not asking permission to have feelings over the ways in which people have caused me harm. Mm. Once I stopped saying I'm sorry
1: that
0: Mm. you (laughs) once (laughs) being being on the list of people who weren't loving me too, things got better. Not less hard. Better. Not easy. Better.
1: Right. Even if nothing around you changes per se in the physical, your power changes, the way that you see everything changes, the way you see yourself changes, and then the situations around you begin to change. Because to be quite frank, a lot of times the people, I I, I try to not make the conversation like, you know, not relatable, but at the same time, everything is not for everybody. Um, if you were on my platform, then I would just say it because I would assume you're probably not over here listening to the outlandish lady, unless you already know. But being respectful of, of Dr. Crystal Lee's audience, sometimes if you're already on this journey and you're a person that's already doing this work, sometimes we just get caught up in being worried about all of the wrong things because that's what the world says we're supposed to do. And it's not that we're doing anything wrong. Cause again, we're doing what the world told us that we were supposed to do, but in, in doing the work or unwork, I like to call it cause we're really not telling anybody to go work harder. What we're saying is learn how to just be right and learn who you truly are and get in touch with yourself and your desires and your passions and what you really want. Everything becomes easier because you're not doing anything grudgingly. Nobody's forcing you to do it. You're not, you know what I mean? You're like the captain of your own ship. You've made these, you, you recognize that you made the choice to be in this situation. So even if people don't necessarily act the way you prefer, it's like not that serious because you made the choice to be there and you can make the choice to leave if you want to. You're not so attached and bent out of shape when things don't go the way you think they should or even, you know, stuff I see in the media. And I'm probably more detached than and what would make most people uh, comfortable you know even with death because like what am i gonna do you know and, and since i was 12 years old people have been dropping like flies around me so like what i mean i wouldn't have made it this far you know and i i don't i don't care what they put on the news tomorrow as a media person as a military media person it allows me to stay very balanced and not just be flying off the handle and all caught up in fear and panic and everything every time the media tells me I'm supposed to. I just can't do it.
0: I yeah. can't do it. I, I don't. I mean, and I have an occupational hazard. I teach political science and global health. and I'm public. So I, quote unquote, need to kind of know some things. Right. Need-
1: That's right. That's right. That's right. That's it's- right
0: and sometimes I'll do news feed on Sundays that's about it because <laughs> I'm going to find out from the people in my world anyways and I'd rather have it, hear it from their voice because it won't hurt as bad even if the truth but I don't want to be guided by the headlines luckily right. the I have in this country and really the world They're they're well informed that's right Making the news. So they will tell me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I have a couple of friends and I have a couple of people in my social network that I literally just kind of peruse their feed and check up to see what's going on because I'd rather see their take on it than to see the med- media hijacked version of it. Yeah. I
0: yeah. mean,
1: I wasn't there and we're not going to get all the facts anyway. So either way, it's going to be a spin, be a story. I might as well catch the spin from this person, you know?
0: I want to talk about that for a sec because. I feel like if I was in a a different space and maybe some of the listeners are, they might hear that and be like, well, people are dying and there's this happening. And, you know, there's a war in Ukraine, which is a whole other conversation. And, you know, the school shooting that happened in St. Louis and there's, you know, the fentanyl killing everybody who's trying to get high. And there's all these things happening. Shouldn't we care? And you I can would, take
1: this however you want people in the audience. Welcome to the party. But we, like I said before, people have been dropping around, around, my, around me like flies my whole entire life. Only difference now is that it's being publicized on social media. My father was in Korea and Vietnam twice. Twice. My mother, she integrated her schools. My grandmother was the first nurse, first black nurse at University of Virginia when they didn't even give the black nurses name tags and they were calling them girl. So you can imagine just through those four scenarios. I mean, that's a lot of death. That's a lot of death, a lot of death. (laughs) And before I would get emotional and allow myself to ride this emotional roller coaster behind people dying that has to do with war and police killings and shootings in the street. A lot of people don't realize everybody's thing ain't the same, right? Everybody's passions, everybody's missions. And so everybody's all in an uproar because of what happened on TV yesterday. But what you don't realize is I've been fighting depression for almost 15 years because I'm watching All of you around me swill sugar and dairy and fluoride and poisons and your chemicals and your bleaches and your whatever. And I've been having to bite my tongue because if I say it wrong, people are going to get mad at me. I care very passionately about that. Very. Like, I have cried about it. I have had aunties and uncles and relatives die. I go to their refrigerator. I dump out their vitamin D milk. They fight me about it and whatever. And then, you know, like a few months later, they're dead. Like, I have lived this thing lived it and so if i'm not allowed to be all upset because i'm watching all of you and your sicknesses and illnesses that i know are related to sugar and gluten and dairy and all this kind of stuff why should i bypass you and go be upset about some people with some other thing whatever the thing is y'all it's a laundry list of like like let's talk about the native american everything that's going on on the indigenous lands My Aspie brain, this is why I said this line in my show this morning, like, how can we heal while suppressing the truth? My Aspie brain has a hard time talking about any horrors that are being done to people on reservations right now, because my history says they did that on purpose. That's why they set up the reservation. They've been doing it. And that's why they erased all my people and killed all. like that's the it. So if we're not going to talk about all of that. Like don't open up a wound in me and pour salt in it, but you don't really want to, you know, get in there and fix it with me. I I just can't do that with you.
0: Well, you want to go to the root and, and and why, why I framed it that way was to, to challenge my listeners to understand that our hearts are full and expansive in our, and don't have to be the same though. Right. Like, and i mean we know that but sometimes especially in this divisive time that i had my mom actually tell me she's like i wish you could just turn it off (sighs) and i was like what she's trying to tell me is that she'd like me to have thoughts that aren't about the world
1: and she wants you to not be in pain she wants you to not have a hard time and, you know, have to deal with this, this hurt.
0: And that's what mothers want, right? Mm-hmm. This, you know, my mother did not create the white supremacist sexist society that we live in. And, and I try to explain to her, <laughs> my mom's white. I'm like, mommy. Um, so I can't not be a black queer woman. Those aren't things that I can just turn off. And when I walk outside, that's all people see. And they may not even see all of that. But the world doesn't see me like she does. Right. Or how you do. Or how the producers of the networks do. Or Dr. Pat or whoever, right? Like and You
1: know what? We talk a lot about the stigma and the trauma and the abuse that we experience just off of people looking at us. We talk about that a lot but it's not to gloss over that extra trauma and abuse and the attacks that you experience off of people who do know. Let's don't act like, People who maybe sometimes appear to be allies or people in the workspace or people in church or people in your family or whatever, people who maybe even look like you and are supposed to be on your side and you're in your safe space won't come for you because you identify as queer or because they know that you're an Aspie or because you're whatever, whatever, pick, pick, a, pick a stigma, you know? That's a very real thing and it's very traumatizing and hurtful. And so when people are telling you to turn it off, it's like they're only sometimes looking at the obvious, right? Don't be so upset in your feelings because random strangers that you don't know from Adam don't like you because you're black. Get it. Got it. Good. What about all the people that sidebar me, attack me when I'm not looking (laughs) because of the other labels? That's the part that they forget about, and and in good conscience, we can't not stand up for the things that nobody ever gets to see.
0: I mean, it 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 reminds me of, of two particular like acute points for me. I know I'm a few minutes left, but like, you know, when you know it's like black men who beat up their black wives. What the shit? It's after I experienced a hate crime three years ago. People of color in my life being like. Oh, that's too much. Like, okay, sure. Oh, all right then. These are that. These are supposed to be community. It's supposed to be family. It's supposed to be hubby, right? And and these aren't the cases. We're talking about the human condition, which does not have demographic indicators on it,
1: and it doesn't have guardrails on it. What is this? We we're creating this in this this vibe if you will flow and let me not even say we folk are creating this vibe or flow when they say protect your peace and match energy and I'm only doing positive energy you're basically saying that if something horrible happens to me you don't have time to care or to know about it because you're too busy protecting your peace and you only do like that's not like when we say that we create our own Like realities, and that doesn't mean that when something bad happens to somebody, that we're just going to be like blaming a person and be like, "Oh, you shouldn't have got you." That is not what we're saying. That's not what we mean when we say that. And treating people like you don't have time for their drama is more of what we're talking about. And it happens right within the community, and and so that's why you know I'm very vocal when people say, "Well, you know, we need to," what is the word? What's the word? Help me out, Crystal Lee. It's a uh, it, it's basically a throwback from the 60s to say we need to. Here comes the landscaper.
0: We need to. Jive. And <laughs> you say 60s, I think jive.
1: It's not rally. Is it organized? Is that the word that people throw around a lot? Yeah, I think it's organized where they're basically explaining or implying that, like, for example, TikTok. And mind you, I've been off social media for 15 years. So every time this happens, I'm always like, yeah, okay, whatever. Y'all can't even organize right here. But we need to organize. And I see all those people as trolls. Every last one of them. We are are not. Going to make a mass migration from TikTok and then just go create our own social media platform that only Black people can be on because TikTok is mean to us. How does that help us? I don't get it. I'm not participating, I'm not joining. And when I first got out here and started my nonprofit business, most of the people who targeted me, because of course I was being, you know, marginalized and ignored by all the others. But most of the black people who targeted me only wanted me to join these black business networks and black or, and I get it, but that's not the answer. The answer is for us to just do our thing and open our doors and set the rules and have the courage and have the leadership to make sure everybody is treated well, no matter who comes in there. But the answer is not to not let everybody in? That is not the answer. And 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 I'm very leery of people who do that because it makes me feel like you're still drinking the same Kool-Aid that everybody has been doing throughout history, which has us where we are now. You got a check from somebody to create some organization and you want us all to come over there and follow you and only be a part of what you're doing and ostracize everybody that doesn't look like us. I, I'm not down for any kind of Kool-Aid like that ever, period. And so it has people kind of treat me sometimes Like, um, like I'm whitewashed or whatever, but that also makes me leery. You know, anytime that you want to judge somebody just because they have a white parent or because they speak proper English or because they have an education or because in an argument you lost, (laughs) like, your opinion is invalid, and I'm not. Like I literally care zero Fs about what you think and none. And I think that all of us need to get a healthy dose of that too, because a lot of the depression and the sadness and and mental health issues that are going on out here stem from caring too much about what other people think. Period.
0: Very much so. And I feel like, you know, I was, I'm I'm talking to to a number of people that are having these relationship issues with folks. And and this, this woman, I said, you know, I was like, well, are you fighting to win like each other? Are you fighting to to win over him or her? Because if we keep repeating the white supremacist hierarchical scarcity culture, we will not heal to answer your question. Um, We can't, it's not even recreating the tools of of the master because the master is killing themselves with these tools. Why would we be suicidal as well, societally, if we choose to win, if we choose to rise? And if we know we can't do it alone, right? So my closing question to you, my love, with all of these things is what's bringing you hope right now?
1: Meeting people like you. I, you know, I'm very um, mindful about giving my time, you know, to people and and spending time with people, but I'm not as good at it, you know, as I will be and as I want to be. And so I've had some, issues and I'm landscaper okay and so throughout this 15 year process of building this network we've had some doozies we've had some people and I think it's very important to not like some of us are just overly nice and we get taken advantage of like that's not anything to beat yourself up for That is not I don't I don't need to look at that as, oh, I'm so stupid or, oh, I shouldn't have. No, we live and we learn. And I'm not going to stop being a decent human being just because other people don't know what to do with it. You know, and so through really, really anchoring yourself, loving on yourself and doing what you need to do for yourself, because I say this all the time and now I'm proving it to be true. How can you expect other people to treat you better than you treat yourself, right? So if I treat myself with all this love and like I'm a goddess that I am, then now I attract other beautiful goddess beings that are bringing all of this light into my life that is so amazing that if I wasn't centered and grounded, I would run. I would run because the light is so bright right now. I mean, like riding the wave of chaos and not having a clue and being okay with that. Yeah, this is where we
0: are. And it's very exciting. I love it. And I love you, Andrea. I love you too, my darling. Thank you so much. And join us next time for the conversation with us with Transformation Talk Radio. I'm your loving host, Dr. Crystal Lee Crane, and this is us. Thank you for listening to us, Critical Conversations on the Challenges of Our Time, with me, Dr. Crystal Lee Crane, on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Together, we bring positive change to the world through critical conversations about social justice issues. Tune in every fourth Wednesday of every month at 3 p.m. Pacific with me, Dr. Crystal Lee Crane, and my guests. For more information about Dr. Crystal Lee Crane, please visit crystalleecrane.org and preventionagenda.org. Happy listening. Views expressed on this program are those of the host, guests, and callers. And do not necessarily reflect the views of the
1: station, its management, or advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio.